At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. on a Monday evening and look who has made his way in studio. He was already here doing a hit on primetime action. He said, I'm going to hang on out. JVT, our senior NBA analyst, Mr. Von Tobel. What's up, brother? Kick Jeff out. Jeff yeah. Parles tried to come in. I was like, get out of here, dude. I got this. <laughs> he had a busy weekend. So we said, you know what? Jeff, take a couple nights. We'll bring in JVT. And it's 94-94 right now. Sixers and Hawks, 323 to go in this one. A total of 226 and a half was the closing number here at Circa. Philadelphia laying two and a half. And for the longest stretch, if you had laid that two and a half, JVT, you'd been feeling pretty good because the Philadelphia 76ers had a double-digit lead going into the into the locker rooms. Joel and B had, had 13 points. Well, Joel Embiid still has 13 points, and he has struggled here mightily in this second half, just 4 of 17 for the game. So if you took those over 30 and a half, you're not feeling too hot about that, but still a 94-94 game, and Joel Embiid at the free throw line. Yep, and look, Embiid has been settling for some pretty bad shots. It has not been really great. He's still been pretty solid defensively, though. He's killing them on the boards. He's got 19 rebounds at this point right now, but the turnovers have been awful. You mentioned the four turnovers at this point in the game. And this is pretty much how it goes with Philly. How Joel Embiid goes is how the Philadelphia 76ers go. And if he's not going to perform up to his level, then you're going to get some games where you're pretty nip and tuck with a team that you should be, I think, comfortably ahead against. And that is this Hawks team. I don't mean to sound dismissive of Atlanta, but there's a lot of matchups that work in Philadelphia's favor. You saw it over the last couple of games and since the second half of Game 1. And uh, this should not be a game, especially with the lead that they had, this should not be as close as it is, but... Basketball's a funny sport. There's a lot of possessions, so we'll see if they can maybe extend this out with that one-point lead they have right now. Joel Embiid, uh, 
once again with uh, 20, uh, 15 points right now and a big three for the Sixers to, to cook the lead out to uh, to four. Corkmaz. Yeah, for Con Corkmaz. And, well, and see, this is what's going to be interesting, I think, for Philly in the big picture. Like, one of my criticisms of the 76ers has been, like, you have no real dynamic pick-and-roll offense, right? You In the half court, a lot of the times when we watch them, especially in the series, it's Dump it down to Joel Embiid. If he draws a double, he'll find somebody, kick it out because he's a million feet tall, and he'll be able to find the open shooter. And if not, he'll just work and destroy everybody who anybody who's matched up against him. The problem is, when you don't have a dynamic pick-and-roll game, is that in half-court sets, your offense tends to get bogged down if those post-ups aren't working. And we're kind of seeing that, I think, a little bit here today in the second half. So, I mean, if we're talking, but that's big-picture stuff, right? Like, this will really bite them in the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. whoever their opponent is going to be. You might be able to get away with it against Atlanta, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll get to uh, certainly the the big news today with Brooklyn uh, and who they will be with without come game number five on Tuesday night. So a lot to get to. We still have the Clippers game coming up uh, in just a little bit. Clippers and Jazz, which we'll get to momentarily. And here in Las Vegas, JVT, after one period, the Golden Knights who were coming into this game, the biggest series price semifinal since 1990. And they are off to a good start, leading one to nothing against the Montreal Canadiens. A total of five and a half, heavily juiced to the under at minus 145 here at Circa. And it was minus 258 for the Golden Knights, plus 110. You could go to got them on the money line. And they do, or excuse me, I should say on the puck line. Mm-hmm. Need to talk correct hockey terminology. Uh, but they do get the first goal, and it was uh, Mr. Theodore who got it. Uh, you could have got him 25-1 to here at Circa for the game's first goal. And you see uh, on our nifty graphic there, uh, I don't know if he's on that one, but uh, but 25-1 to is uh, is where he was at. So the Golden Knights have a 1-0 lead on the Canadiens after one. And, and look, it's early, but I think one of the more underrated parts about Montreal has been they're kind of an underrated offensive team, and a lot of it is uh, you know offense generated from their defense. But they outshoot Vegas in this one in the first period, 12-8, to and they've had some really good even-strength 5-on-5 numbers, especially in that last series. So if they can keep this up, I, I think the Canadiens – were slightly undervalued in that series price, and that offense, I think, is pretty sneaky good, man. Yeah, Shea Theodore, though, 9-15. So if you played the first goal in 10 minutes, you were able to cash that one here at Circa, minus 135. You get it with 45 seconds to spare. one nothing Vegas leading the Montreal Canadiens after one period. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. What do you say we get this thing rolling? It's the nightcap here on VEASAN, live from the Circa. go 49.6 seconds to go JVT a 2-1 series lead for the Philadelphia 76ers but Trey Young at the free throw line got hit what seemed to be decently hard he's been heavily uh checking out that shoulder all game long uh has not been a great night for Trey Young as he is currently sitting with just 21 points. He's 8 for 27 from the field, uh, but a 101-98 lead. He now has 23 points, so he does lead all scorers at this point in time. 49 seconds to go with the Hawks. Would you call this, how critical of a spot is this for the Hawks at home, knowing game five, you lose this game, obviously you're facing elimination. So 
for them to battle back down double digits, outscored the, the Sixers by 11 in that third quarter. So far, have outscored them by 17 in this second half. Uh, 16, excuse me. Uh, for them to, to show this fight and to, to even up this series, now, I mean, similar to what we saw in you know Milwaukee and Brooklyn, it's a whole new series. It's a three-game series uh, if you're able to pull this one off here for, if you're Atlanta. Yeah, and I think it's the nature of the way you have done it, right? Like, to your point, we know how important Game 3 is, especially if you're going to go back on the road for Game 5, or excuse me, Game 4, if you're going to go back on the road for Game 5. But just look at the way the last two games played out, right? Obviously, you lost both of them. You had an offensive rating of 109.2. got outscored by 17.1 points per 100 possessions. Like, you, you just got slapped around in the last two games, especially from a defensive standpoint. I think this second half is really massive for Atlanta. One of the things I wrote about on the website today was, you don't have any answer for Joel Embiid. You can't hide really Trey Young on anybody because they've been trying on Seth Curry, and Seth Curry's, you know, demolished him for about 18 points and over 40% shooting from three. And so you had to do something, whether it was stymie them defensively or get your offense in gear. And they're still shooting around 30% from three, according to my screen in this game. So it's not like the shooting has turned around in a big way. But to be able to work yourself back in this way, the way that they did it, it's obviously pretty massive. And I would put more emphasis on that, the way they won the game, as opposed to just winning the game, a very pivotal game for going back on the road to Philly. And we're seeing uh, this game. If you play the under tonight, you are assuming no overtime, which is very possible here in a three-point game. Um, Always got to assume every possibility, right? Right. But right now, if you played the under, you were uh, absolutely on the right side. And Joel Embiid has uh, has really struggled here in the second half. Um, you know, we talked about 13 points in the first half. JVT has just two points in the second half, both coming from the free throw line. He's four of 19 from the field. Does have 21 rebounds. Yep. So well over on his prop when it comes to the rebounds, but not even close to where he's at on the points at 30 and a half prior to this game. But he's trying to force it down low. A couple more free throws here to come uh, as the Sixers try to cut into this deficit. But, and this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, so that possession right there. You catch it on the wing, you give it to Joel Embiid on the wing, and then everybody clears out. And then he just like drives in like a bull in a china shop trying to get something done. And yeah, you draw free throws, you get to the line. But look at the possession prior for Troy Young. What does he do? They run a pick and roll, right? He draws free throws as well. But there's different options in an offense like that. And that's kind of the worry here with Philly is just as in these series, they're going to look like I, I was talking with Gil and everybody on primetime action about it. Like those last two games that I referenced, statistically and by a final score measure, they looked lopsided, but when you were watching them, they felt close, right? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they weren't really entirely in massive control, and I think part of that is the way that they run this offense. So, with one more uh, shot at the free throw line, we'll see if he cuts this to one, but again, big picture-wise, you just don't really love what you see from Philly offensively. Second period just about to start down the road at T-Mobile Arena. One to nothing. Shea Theodore scoring the game's only goal, 9-15 into the first period, so if you cash that, First goal in the fir uh, in the first 10 minutes, minus 135 here at Circa. That comes home. Uh, your live line right now here at Circa, Vegas minus 525, wow. Montreal plus 415. And this was a five and a half goal uh, total. It is now, as you see at DraftKings, dropped to four and a half, four and a half here as well, plus 110 to the under, uh, if you like the under four and a half. 101 to 100, Atlanta and Philadelphia. So we'll keep our eye on this, JVT, but let's get to the game that's going to start here in just a little bit. That's Clippers and Jazz. And, um, you know, similar to what we have here tonight, a 2-1 situation. The Clippers, though, very impressive in Game 3, similar to what we saw in Dallas, except nope. flipping the script because they lost those two games at home. Then they go to Dallas and they win those two games to even up the series. Back in L.A. yet again, and you talked about this off-air, and I'm sure you've talked about it on the 
you know, 47 hits that you've done today. Um, the market is telling you who is the better team, right? Yeah. The Clippers are a five-point favorite tonight. Uh, I would imagine the public is probably heavily on Utah. That's just my assumption. Um, you know, getting those points after a loss, the zigzag theory, what we saw uh, in those first two games. Uh, obviously, you are are high on the Clippers. Got a series play on the Clippers. I bought in on the Clippers as much as uh, we have that love-hate relationship, me and the Clippers. I bought in on them after uh, game one uh, against the Utah Jazz at plus 175. And I I, I took a little bit tonight on the money line. I'm just riding out the series price, but I did take a little bit on the money line here tonight. Pretty juiced up price at minus 210 here at Circa, or minus 205, I should say. But I do think the Clippers take care of business. I don't know if they cover the five, but I think they take care of business and they make this a 2-2 series tonight. Yeah, I think the power rating's right where it should be, right? Like, it's it, the Clippers are the better team. It's pretty clear. I, I think, at least when you look at some of the numbers, the market is telling you so. You know, the odds makers uh, have factored in home court in this postseason at about two and a half points, right? So we're talking about two and a half point difference between these two teams on a neutral for actually taking that at face value. But there, there's a lot to like about this Clippers team. And you tell me if I'm being too over, like too overly optimistic, but one of the things I wrote about today, Tim, if you look at this series as a whole up to this point, the Utah Jazz are shooting 42.1% on 44 three-point attempts per game. Mitchell's averaging 37.3 points per game. Clarkson is shoot, Jordan Clarkson is shooting 51% from three after shooting 32% from three in the second half and 28% against Memphis. He is shooting 51% from three-point range. Ingles is shooting 44%, and yet... The Utah Jazz, in non-garbage time minutes, according to Cleaning the Glass, negative 4.2 net rating for this series. So, like, the, the Clippers have a lot, I think, going for them in a series like this. You have yet to put, you had put, you put one full game together, and mm-hmm. it resulted in a very comfortable win at home in game three. You were poor in the second half of game one, had a shot to tie it. You, you were down, what, 20 points at one point in game two? You took the lead at one point in the fourth quarter. Like, I, I think there's a lot that works in the Clippers' favor in the series, and you kind of saw a glimpse of, in game three what the gap between these two teams could potentially look like if everything's firing on all cylinders. For well, and, and something I know you've mentioned and other people have mentioned, uh, the, the hesitancy from Ty Lue to put in Terrence Mann in those yep. first two games did not make sense. He played nine minutes in the first two games. He plays 22 minutes and has, what, a plus, I think it was plus 24 rating. I, I, I know plus minus some people plus like 21, it. Plus 21, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was massive. And Zubac doesn't start. They start Marcus Morris. They go small. And I don't know. And that's what kind of worries me about the Clippers moving forward is they keep digging themselves in this hole trying to do what they did. That's what they did against Dallas. They did it again here against uh, against the Utah Jazz. Why does Ty Lue keep going back to these these big lineups when it just clearly isn't working? I think it's it, Ty Lue is it's funny. So I, I do local radio, so I got to talk to Kurt Heelan today over at NBC, and he brought up a great point where it's like I think Ty Lue, what he does is he'll just throw stuff at the wall, right? And if it sticks, he'll By roll way, it for a little bit. Joel Embiid just had a, a pretty clear look at a layup from the right side. It was contested, really? but it was it was there, and he came up empty. Doc wants a review on something. Uh, ben Simmons <laughs> went to go grab the rebound. Yeah, the review is going to be on who was this ball out on. It looked pretty clear from our vantage point, that it was out on on, uh, on Ben Simmons. It, it has been a disaster of a second half for Joel Embiid. He has uh, has not hit a shot from the field, and it, you'll see it on the highlights. He had a pretty clear look uh, from the right side as they played out the possession defensively. I think they, they tried to throw a pass down low to John Collins, and, I mean, that's as clear as a look you're going to get, and you got to finish that. 
So we'll see who this ball goes out on. It looks like it did go out on Ben Simmons. So it should be Atlanta ball up one. And Joel Embiid's nightmare of a second half continues as he just flat out missed a go-ahead bucket there. Yeah. But So we were talking about Lou, Ty Lue. Yeah. In short, like I think the way we have seen Ty Lue coach, when you discover something, he sticks with it until it blows up, blows up in his face. You'd like to see more proactive nature out of a head coach, but at the same time, I think they discovered something in Game 3. So it gives you some confidence, right? Closing the game out with Nick Batum in that lineup mm-hmm. with the Marcus Morris. You know, the fact that they have realized, well, let's take Joe, or excuse me, Joe Embiid, the other massive center, uh, let's take Rudy Gobert out of the paint yep. and force him out into space. And it's not even so much, I think what we talk about when we talk about putting Rudy Gobert out in space, it is not so much destroying Gobert himself. It opens the floor for you as a team. It's not a coincidence that the Clippers decided and dedicated to go small in this in this last game, Tim. Well, look at and they uh, took their most attempts within four feet of the basket of any game in this series. And look at Game One. Uh, how many times did the Clippers get down low, and for some reason, Boogie Cousins was playing the extended minutes that he was? Mm-hmm. He had more pump fakes than minutes played. He mm-hmm. would just get down there, and pump, pump. Rudy Gobert's not going to fall for that. But what has worked this year against the Jazz is pulling Rudy Gobert out and making him uncomfortable. The Suns are three zero against the Utah Jazz this year, and they mid-range jumpered them to death. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul, who is seems almost perfect from mid-range, uh, that is what they've done. And that's why, if you like the Suns, if let's say you have a future on the Suns, you're hoping real hard, in my opinion, JVT, that the Jazz come out of this series because I think they match up very well against the Jazz. I'm not so sure how they match up against a team like the Clippers. Yeah, and look, I, I think I would agree with that point overall in terms of the matchup on the Suns are looking at. And you look at a guy like DeAndre Ayton, too, the unique thing that the Clippers, or excuse me, that the um, that the Phoenix Suns have is DeAndre Ayton has a capability of hitting mid-range jump shots as well. So you can kind of throw Ayton out there with Rudy Gobert and not just force him into that dunker spot, not force him to play within four feet of the basket. You can feel comfortable pulling him out to like four to fourteen feet and hit some of those short mid-range shots. So that helps you out a little bit in terms of your spacing too. So I would agree with that. But that's what I'm intrigued to see is at the start of this game what Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz to to combat the fact that the Clippers are going to go small, that you're only going to see 10-ish, 14 minutes from Avisa Zubac uh, in this game, and that'll be pretty intriguing to see as uh, the Vegas Golden Knights seem to have extended the lead there, Tim. Yes, and, you know, during the Colorado series, the uproars behind us here at Circa, yeah. uh, there were there were a fair share of, of folks here that, that were cheering for the Avs. I don't know how many Canadians have made it down here to uh, – to Circa uh, to cheer this team on. So uh, we will see six seconds to go. Looks like Trey Young's going to have some free throws here uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, just taking a look at some of the props. You know, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. 45 in game one, 37 in game two, and then 30 in game three. Um, shooting from the field over 50% from three, just under 50% at 48.5. I think I saw here at Circa over under on threes for Donovan Mitchell was sitting there at... Uh, three and a half. Do you anticipate this to be another Donovan Mitchell monster performance? As we've seen the market now set itself here at 30 and a half. And if you bet, you know, over that, you'd be two and one. So we'll see what happens here tonight. So I know that it's two and one, and this might come as a surprise. The value is almost always in betting those under. Of course. Right? right? Like, yeah. they're baked to the, they're, they're loaded to the moon. You're paying a tax, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, Sometimes greatness transcends logic for the most part, right? And, like, have you seen anything that would really make you want to get in front of the train that is in Donovan? There was a shot, and he completely missed it. But there's a shot where he draws two, and he's at, like, the wing logo in that game in game three. And he threw that thing up, man. And I was like, it's going to go in. And it bricked 
to like terribly, but he just has the confidence in those the confidence in those shots to do so. The Atlanta Hawks have just defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 103 to 100, so they come from a double div- div- uh, double digit deficit down at the half outscore the Philadelphia 76ers by 16 in the second half, JVT. We've got ourselves a 2-2 series. It it felt like in that first half, bye-bye Atlanta, this thing was smooth sailing onto a five-game gentleman's sweep here for the Philadelphia 76ers. But mentioned Joel Embiid uh, didn't make a bucket in the second half. He goes 4 of 20 from the field. 0 of 12 in the second half and a missed layup for the lead in the waning seconds. And Seth Curry had the three at the buzzer, a double clutch, and it hits off the back rim. So the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, you know, Seth Curry early in this game, it felt like he was hitting everything on the sun. Um, Gets a little cold himself. He finishes three of seven. Still a solid performance for Seth Curry, 17 points. Tobias Harris ends up leading uh, the Sixers. And if you look at, uh, we'll just kind of grade these props out on the fly. Joel Embiid under, well under on the points. He does go well over on the rebounds with 21 boards, JVT. Ben Simmons under on the points. Seth Curry, he goes over as he finishes with 17. Uh, Korkmaz finishes with 10, so he goes under as well. So of the starting lineup, four of the five go under their uh, their uh, pregame uh, totals and Tobias Harris finishes with 20. Trey Young, he does, uh, he is the game's leading scorer. So I think there was a plus price on that because Joel Embiid uh, was sitting there at 30 and a half, but he only finishes with 25. So that goes under the total there. Bogdanovich finished with 22. He goes over. John Collins uh, felt like he was throwing down a handful of dunks, but he goes under his total at 15 and a half with 14 points. But at the end of the day, the Hawks get the victory 103 to 100 and got ourselves a new series. Wow, man. And if you look, this is such an interesting box score. The, the Hawks went 12 of 40 from three-point range. They got destroyed on the glass for the most part. But big difference is turnovers, 18 to 4. No, excuse me, 12 to 4. So that's a pretty big difference there. And the fact that Joel Embiid goes that 0-12. And they won at the free-throw line, too, in terms of percentage and two more makes. Like This is really interesting. I think, I think if, you're, if you're Philadelphia, you're confident that, again, for the second consecutive game, you've held Atlanta to about 30% from the perimeter. You think you like your perimeter defense, but... Offense just got to be better in the second half, and you, you're potentially looking at a 3-1 series lead here. So 103-100, to 100, the final. Of course, the Atlanta Hawks cover the number. Uh, small money line winner comes home. Could have got it as high in town as, as plus 130, and the under comes home with relative ease. You know, we've been seeing the Eastern Conference, uh, especially that Bucks and, and Nets series, which we'll get to, JVT. My goodness, the unders have been sailing in as uh, – there you're, there's your guy, Kawhi Leonard. A little, little golf clap from JVT. Good Fired start. up. His Clippers. Now, Marcus Morris did like a weird spin move in the middle of the floor and hit like a, the front iron. It was not good, but hey. Kawhi Marcus Leonard Morris, who finished second in the NBA yep. in three-point percentage, is one for 16 from three in this series. Jazz and Clippers underway in Los Angeles. The Hawks a winner. And Vegas up two goals. We'll get you updated on everything you need to know next right here on the Nightcap. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We keep it rolling here. It is the nightcap. Live from the Circus Sportsbook, JVT, at me, JVT, Clippers enthusiast, I am Tim Murray at one Tim Murray. The Vegas Golden Knights leading two nothing. Game's first goal go to goes to Shea Theodore nine fifteen in the first period. Then Alec Martinez two eighteen into the second period as the Vegas Golden Knights against the Montreal Canadiens leading two to nothing. A massive series mm-hmm. price on the Vegas Golden Knights and a lot of people out there JVT trying to be creative, thinking of ways to play the Vegas goals uh, Vegas Golden Knights tonight. And if you played the puck line, now we got a lot of hockey still to be played with 12 minutes to go. But you could have got a little plus money. Uh, but the money line, obviously, prior to this game was minus 262 in favor of the Golden Knights. And in the series, 
north of five dollars for the series price on the Golden Knights. Yeah, and remember too, like this is a Canadiens team that this year finished within top ten in terms of their course of four percentage and shot share. This is a team that last year finished second in offensive categories at even strength like course of four and expected goals behind the Vegas Golden Knights. So this is a team that'll put some shots on net and they got some good offensive players. So uh, like you said and like I am always a proponent of it is uh, it's never, never over until it's over, right? So that was a, that was a pretty that was that was when you get when you get price to go lateral like that and try to save it like that's a that's a pretty nice goal. That's a, they just showed the replay on the broadcast of Alec Martinez, uh, his goal as that uh, made it two to nothing. So Vegas with a two nothing lead. The Clippers off to a great start, ten to two over the Utah Jazz. And uh, JVT might dance his way out of the studio if this continues here this evening. I wanted—I could only imagine what you were what you were doing on a Saturday night, JVT, watching the Clippers win by 26. Oh, yeah. Well, I like basketball in general, so I do get animated when I watch it. But uh, it's just subtle fist pumps as they force another turnover here. Well, I think the one thing you like at the start of this—it's not just so much the lead, Tim. It's the way that they're playing, right? It's zone defense, forcing turnovers, jumping passing lanes. They have forced two turnovers like that already drawing a couple of fouls early, getting some dribble penetration. Like right now, Nick Batum misses a wide-open three-point shot, but it's generated by Kawhi Leonard getting inside the paint and finding an open guy. So yeah, there's a lot of positives here early for the Los Angeles Clippers. See if they continue. Oh, and Marcus Morris not only hit a bucket, yeah, he but he three. drew a foul. Right. Well, yeah, he, so he, he hit a three. I mean, yep. he hit, he's hit as many threes uh, three minutes into this game as he did the first uh, 20, what, 48 through 96. First three games of the season, or yeah. series, I should say. I think we got a second foul on Donovan Mitchell here in the, second, in the first quarter. So. And as you talked about, the over-under on Donovan Mitchell, 30 and a half tonight. Kawhi Leonard, 29 and a half. Paul George, 25 and a half. Uh, so Paul George at the free throw line is a technical to get a defensive three seconds here on, uh, oh, yeah, on the Utah like Jazz. Yep. And so Paul not George a foul on does not Mitchell. convert. Um, let's just go quickly back to what just finished up, which is the Atlanta Hawks coming from behind. And I'll put uh, Aaron Oster on the spot. We'll see if we can get what the halftime money line was on the Philadelphia 76ers because they were down uh, and looked down for the count. I mean, they were down by 13 at the half and looked like this series was headed back to Philadelphia with a 3-1 series lead, but that's why you play 48 minutes and not 24. The Hawks went at 103-100. to So you and I are in a similar spot. We both grabbed Philadelphia. You grabbed it at a better price. Uh, I think you, did you get it at minus 110 or yeah, even minus, minus 110. 110 on Philadelphia? I got it at minus 130, but you and I both grabbed Philadelphia after the game one loss against the Atlanta Hawks. They win the next two. They lose here tonight. They'll be a significant favorite uh, come Wednesday night against the Atlanta Hawks. Any worry right now for the Philadelphia 76ers ultimately coming out of the series against Atlanta? Marcus Morris has hit another three. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. Look, I have a lot of confidence in this Philly team, but there is a couple of things, right? One, Atlanta is a better team than they were in the first half of the year. They're, they're obviously much more improved. I think when you're talking about what Atlanta did, the one thing that kind of just sticks to me here is that now over the last three games, we're talking about a shooting percentage from three for Atlanta that is well below 35%. The last two, it's about 30%. And so you have not, as Atlanta, shown the ability to shoot the ball well against this perimeter defense, which was one of the best in the NBA this year. So I think while there is some worry just because Atlanta's a, a solid team, a playoff team, you still have home court, you still have the best player on the floor, and your perimeter defense is doing what it's supposed to do. And even in this game today, like we had a double-digit lead. We were comfortably ahead. Joel Embiid goes 0-12. How many times are you going to have Joel Embiid go 0-12? for 12? 
in a game like that. As the Clippers hit another three here, and Paul George is hitting that one, so it's a good start here for Los Angeles. But so you're worried because any any team can win a game in a series, but I think overall you're confident with the way that has gone down up to this point. So the Eastern Conference, a pair of series even up at two games apiece. In the Western Conference, we had a sweep concluded last night and a chance a chance for a team to take a 3-1 series lead but the clippers off to a promising start and trying to make sure that does not happen as they lead 16 to 6 with 720 to go in the first quarter that's jvt i'm tim murray let's talk about those red hot phoenix suns winners of seven in a row we'll do that next right here on the nightcap Sunday is Father's Day. Hey, did you know that, JVT? It's time to get Dad some great VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under until it's over. Get your dad something he really wants this year. Visit the VSIN store today and find the perfect gift at VSIN.com backslash store. Just two dads hanging out on this set. JVT, Tim Murray, at me, JVT, is where you can find him. He's our senior NBA analyst. He's probably done hits on seven out of the ten shows we have today, but still in here for the next couple of days, cheering on his Los Angeles Clippers, who lead 20-8 to with four and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Uh, Taking a look at what the first quarter total was, JVT, 55 and a half, juice to the over. I think you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> I think you're feeling pretty good. And Clippers laying a point in the, and a half in the first quarter uh, as well. So you're not feeling too shabby there with a 12-point lead with four and a half minutes to go. By the way, Brian Lewis from the New York Post, who covers the Brooklyn Nets, will join us in less than 10 minutes. We'll get his uh, analysis on, on where the Nets are and uh, the chances of Kyrie and or James Harden coming back in this series. We know they've been ruled out for tomorrow night. What are the chances they could return for Game 6 on Thursday and if there is a Game 7 on Saturday? But the Western Conference semifinals right now, as we all know, Utah and Los Angeles, two games to one, Utah leading that series. The Phoenix Suns completed a four-game sweep yesterday of the, uh, the Denver Nuggets. And Chris Paul right now, JVT, the mm-hmm. way he's playing... During this seven-game winning streak, which obviously started post-Anthony Davis injury, or I guess mid-game with Anthony Davis, but 68-8 to assist-to-turnover ratio right now. He's averaging, he averaged 25-10-5 and in that series. The oldest player ever to average 25 points and 10 assists in a playoff series. His mid-range jumper is on point, 65%. 37 points in the closeout game yesterday. So you look at this Suns team, plus 410 or so to win the title. When you look at what's percolating in the East with Mm -hmm. some injury concerns, obviously this series here, what do you think about the Phoenix Suns and their chances 
to bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy? Well, I would say from a betting perspective, if you think, if you're not involved with Phoenix and you want to bet them, it's it's series roll over series, right? Because they're going to be underdogs in both of those. You get a little bit more bang for your buck if you're going to take it from that direction. And, you know, it's funny, I have, I have, to, look, I have to look his name up because I, I do have a, a, a lot of fun on social media. And one of the guys I talk to a lot is a very big Phoenix Suns backer, and he's mm-hmm. been, he has been razzing me over uh, my preseason prediction that I just wasn't really high on Phoenix. I think I had him as like the eighth seed in, in my Western Conference predictions, and I just didn't know if they were going to be able to get to this point, which obviously they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that has kind of bothered me, and we can even look at the closeout game, right, is Dario Sarch is on the floor for 14 minutes, Torrey Craig 10 Cam Johnson, uh, yeah, Cam Johnson 13, Campaign 13. Every single one of those guys except for Campaign were negative in the plus minus, minus eight, minus nine, minus nine, and then a plus two for Payne. I just don't love the depth overall, and, and I feel like that gets tested in a series, and even against Utah, or you know, whether I think the matchup is a little bit better for them, but in a series like Utah, a series like the Los Angeles Clippers, I just think those are really tested. And if they make it past that series, whoever they face in the in the finals, that gets tested a little bit. You know, in a, in a series with Denver, who's very shorthanded, not fully healthy, you can get away with each one of your bench guys showing up and posting a minus and your plus minus. But at the end of the day. You know, I just that worries me a little bit more. Talking about forty-two minutes for Chris Paul, or Devin Booker, forty minutes for Chris Paul, and I get it; it's the postseason. The guys are going to play a lot, but you have to have some production from your depth at some point, and that kind of worries me just a tad when it comes to Phoenix in the big picture. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And we talked about it on the show, matchup wise, if you're the Suns, you're you're rooting hard for the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Now, you're trading off home court, obviously, as another goal here for VGK. I, I missed it. Montreal scored a goal, so now the total is very much in question. Yep. Uh, this was five and a half, juiced heavily to the under. It's funny, it's the crowd does not one. go crazy when the other team no. scores. No, come to on, let us crowd, know. let us know. To alert us to what is happening. Let us know there was a goal for Montreal. So three to one, VGK uh, just uh, moved or pushed their lead back out uh, to two to one. But yeah, that is a great point that you bring up about the depth and you know, campaign campaign certainly had his moments against the Lakers. Um, you know, Johnson has played all right at times. Had a couple big threes yesterday. Sarge just—I don't know—he just kind of looks stiff out there to me. That there's nothing about Sarge that that really intrigues me. I think Tory Craig has been a nice pickup for them, um, and and it gives you solid minutes. But to your point, you, know, you look at the plus minus and them being you know in the minus range there. Um, CP3 and the way that he's playing right now. At his age, JVT, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is, I don't know what you thought of the acquisition this offseason, bringing in CP3, um, but for him to, you know, it hasn't come out yet, but likely a first-team All-NBA performance this season, uh, not MVP, relax, hot takers out there, ridiculous today, um, but his performance since the shoulder healed, I mean, he's been I don't know. I mean, the best, really the best we've maybe ever seen him. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think you could have hated the acquisition, right? Like, no. my negativity around Phoenix is more about, like, I didn't know if they were going to be as good defensively, right? The depth, as I just pointed out. Those are the kind of things that I didn't really like for Phoenix. And by the overall, way, but... I, just to point out your point, I mean, they won 51 games regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, what needs to be brought up is they were, you know, the Lakers were minus 900 favorites to win that series up two games to one. That series for all intents and purposes, was was over. Now, oh, injuries man. are part of the game, mm-hmm. and the Milwaukee Bucks are, are reaping the benefits of injuries by their opponent. Um, and I'm not taking it away. I like Phoenix. We talked highly about Phoenix. We talk, We brought you on all the time. We're like, why aren't we talking more about Phoenix? Why aren't they getting more respect? And it was a matchup thing. I was all ready to fire on a Western Conference future, but then the Lakers landed there at 7. I'm like, nope, not going to do that. And 
If Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, it's it's really hard to envision them winning that series. But as we all know, injuries are part of the game, and here they are in the Western Conference Finals. Yep. It's funny, as we're talking about this, too, uh, my timeline is getting peppered with uh, rumors that Chris Paul is looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, despite the fact that he's waiting to play in the Western Conference Finals. Um, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, also from an NBA writer that doesn't have a great track record. But overall, like, yeah, like this has been a really good acquisition. Chris Paul's been awesome. Chris Paul is awesome. Yeah. Look, I've like, uh, Again, as a Clippers fan, I will put that out there. I got to watch Chris Paul a lot. Like, Chris Paul's freaking incredible. What he did with Oklahoma City is already forgotten last year, right? A team that had a win total last year of 32. Uh, and, of course, they make it to the postseason and push their opponent there. So, no, Chris Paul's incredible. He was always going to be a solid acquisition. It was how does this all mesh together. And I think there is a strong argument. Like, yes, if the Lakers are healthy in that first round series, who knows what happens. Regardless, they are here, and mm-hmm. they took care of business against a weekend opponent in a big way against Denver, and you got to give them credit for that. Devin Booker, 34 in the closeout game. We'll see if he can find the long range again. He went 8 for 10 in the closeout game against the Lakers, 8 for 26 in the series against the Nuggets. Clippers leading by 13 under three minutes to go in the first period, in the first quarter. Uh, the VGK Golden Knights up 3-1 to one in the second period. We'll talk some nets coming up next right here on the Nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the Indeed.com studio. Resumes are good. Resumes with an Indeed skills test are better. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, live from the Circus Sportsbook. That's JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN senior NBA analyst at me, JVT, on Twitter. I'm at one Tim Murray, and right now a 30-13 to 13 lead. Uh-oh, who's down? Terrence, Terrence Mann. Man. What happened there, JVT? I didn't see. I think it was just a hard screen or something like that. It looks like, yep. Yeah, just got a... Uh, Looks like he's got Ooh, hit his shoulder at an awkward angle, though, so we'll see. So a 17-point lead right now for the Clippers in the first quarter, and the Vegas Golden Knights with a 3-1 lead over the Canadiens. Goals from Theodore, Martinez, and Janmark, the most recent, just 53 seconds after a power play goal for the Canadiens. So a 3-1 lead with 2.40 and change to go in the second period. Coming up tomorrow night, and we're going to dive into this a, a bunch coming up at the top of the hour. The team that I said yesterday, last week on this show, JVT, if healthy, now I threw that in there, if healthy, I don't know who beats them four times. Wow. Well, they're not healthy anymore. Wow, this is a tease. Who could it be? <laughs> it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the Brooklyn Nets now without Kyrie Irving and without James Harden. And to tell us more about it, we bring in Brian Lewis. You can follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Lewis. And Brian, let's start with the obvious where do we stand right now? What do we know about James Harden? We know they're out, obviously, tomorrow, but what are the possibilities we see Irving and, and or Harden come Thursday night and Saturday for Game 6 and if there is a Game 7? Well, I'm not a betting man because I'm just too stingy to lose my money. <laughs> um, if I had to wager, I would probably wager that you see Harden before you see Irving. Uh, I think he's a little further along. Now, they're going to work on Kyrie pretty much around the clock as much as they can. Uh, but, I mean, James Harden was actually out on the court doing, you know, a reasonably exhaustive workout today. And there was at least some sort of hope that he might be able to play. Obviously, he's not going to end up playing tomorrow. But I do think he's closer to coming back than Kyrie is. I think Kyrie, at this point, it's obvious that he's not playing tomorrow. You know, I'm not sure how encouraged I'd be at the thought of even getting him back Thursday. Although he certainly has not yet been ruled out for Thursday. So, Brian, when you look at like some of the numbers for this Nets team, uh, KD by himself, no Kyrie, no James Harden, according to Cleaning the Glass, still some really good numbers, plus 14.4 net rating. But if you look at some of the lineups, right, we're talking about like Jarrett Allen's part of those lineups. Like there, there's some names that are looking unfamiliar with this current roster. So, so what do you make of a Kevin Durant solo-led Nets squad at this point right now, what we could expect uh, from that? Because in the third quarter, he looked comfortable, right, 16 points, but it fell apart from there. Well, you're right. I think... Uh, the if you want to call them KD solo outings, I think three of those were before yep. the Harden trade. So, yes, that's a different team. They've had multiple iterations of this team. So that team had Jared Allen. That team would have Karis LeVert. That team would have Torian Prince, et cetera, et cetera. That's a different team than this one. Um, now, two of those outings were after the trade. So I suppose those might be a little bit more relevant. Still, this is a really, really good Milwaukee team. And they have some excellent defenders. So I'd say, you know, they're in a situation now where there are some guys, some role players, that are going to have to step up and be better 
than they have been in this series, and perhaps better than they've been for the next all year. Um, now, Joe Harris can shoot. Joe Harris will probably have to hunt shots more than he's comfortable doing. He will probably have to take shots that are contested, um, and he may have to sacrifice some of his efficiency, but that's probably what they will need. Um, Mike James can't play 20-some-odd minutes and have one assist. Um, they'll need more from him, not necessarily more in terms of scoring, but more in terms of playmaking. So it's not impossible, but your odds are poor <laughs> at this point. We're talking to Brian Lewis from the New York Post, covers the Brooklyn Nets. Right now, Milwaukee, a four-point favorite tomorrow night with a total of 218, which is just crazy considering game one's total was 239 and a half, but the under has come home in all four games with relative ease. Uh, Brian, I want to go back to Joe Harris because he led the league in three-point shooting percentage this year at 47.5%, 50% from three against the Boston Celtics, but... You lose James Harden less than a minute into this series. Kyrie goes down. And now, instead of being the fourth option, and as you pointed out, not having to hunt shots, everyone's focusing on the big three, and he's getting great looks. Now people can key in on Joe Harris, and he's three for 13 in his last two games from three. Um, you know What can the Nets do now that Joe Harris really is their second-best threat offensively that is healthy on the floor? Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Two games ago, he got open looks, mm-hmm. and he just missed them when he went one for 11. He actually had looks that, you know, I don't want to say nine times out of ten, but frankly, seven times out of ten, he would knock down, and he actually missed those. I don't think he'll get as many open looks. Now, you know, we all know that role players generally get a huge boost at home. So that is the case where Landry Shannon. Joe Harris, Mike James, those guys are going to play better in a general sense at home than they will on the road. So you're going to have to hang your hat on that, plus a superhuman effort by KD. Um, What are they going to do? Listen, they're going to have to free up Joe Harris. They're going to have to run more actions for him and free him up. Um, This is a defense that's long and they're athletic and they're disruptive. And they can take somebody out of the game. Well, other than KD, I don't think you can take KD out of the game, but they've even managed to make life difficult for KD because in Milwaukee, DJ was able to be physical with him, beat him up, knock him around, knock him off his spots um, to the point where Steve Nash was calling it borderline non-basketball. Now, that's, of course, that's just coaching. He's saying that because he wants calls. It's basketball. You're guarding him. That's, that's his job. Um, I'm sure if Nash had a very physical team, he would take a, a completely different approach in what he's saying. Um, but, yeah, I think getting Joe Harris free has got to be one of their biggest priorities because he's one of these few guys on this team that's capable of giving them 20, 22, 23 points with the roster as it's presently constituted. 
So when we're looking at changing roles now that this backcourt is in the situation that it is, you know, Kevin Durant for the last three games has been pretty good from a facilitating standpoint, right? Five assists, five assists, and six. Uh, you would, I would assume, though, that, Brian, he's going to have a little bit more in terms of playmaking responsibilities. What, what, what does this backcourt rotation look like outside of him and Mike James in terms of who could be the facilitators and make ball handlers? Because it, it's, it's very short in terms of the roster and what you're looking at. It is. Well, I mean, this is part of the problem. Yep. I mean, Blake can pass. Uh, he's not incapable of making plays. But if you're talking about from a guard standpoint, uh, Bruce Brown will play minutes. He'll get significant minutes. Tyler Johnson will have to come in and get significant minutes, uh, or at least certainly rotation minutes, maybe not significant minutes, but rotation minutes. Um these are players that, generally speaking, you were not looking at throughout the Boston series, and you were not looking at and expecting much out of coming into this series that are now either stepping into a starting role, stepping from the rotation into a starting role, or stepping from out of the rotation into the rotation. Brian, before we let you run, as we talk to Brian Lewis, who's covering the Brooklyn Nets, we got about a minute and a half or so. Uh, looking ahead to tomorrow, um, usually at home, maybe the whistle works in your advantage. Uh, as you mentioned, Steve Nash putting some things out there saying it wasn't basketball. So uh, could we see a quick whistle on a guy like P.J. Tucker? I would not be surprised. But how do you see this game unfolding tomorrow? KD, 9 of 28 in Game 4. Got to imagine he's going to play better tomorrow night. So do you think the Nets pull it off tomorrow night and beat the Bucks? Uh, I would think the odds are less than 50%. <laughs> i put it to you that way. Well, it is true. They are less way. than 50%. Yes, I would think. I, I think that's a, tall, that's a tall hill to climb without either Kyrie or Hart. Um, now, if you can get one of those two back, I think you actually have a better shot in Milwaukee if either of those two can come back and play an elimination game in Milwaukee. He is Brian Lewis. He covers the Brooklyn Nets for the New York Post. Follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Lewis. Brian, appreciate the time. Oh, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. We're going to dive more into this game as it, uh, as it goes on, uh, as the show goes on, I should say. But um, what is your feeling on uh, just your, your Cliff Notes version on what you anticipate tomorrow with the Nets getting four at home? I mean, I still think KD presents the matchup problems that he presents, right, overall. And if he, you know, commands doubles, then that means the floors open up for a lot of these other guys, right? They're still pretty good role players. Like, Blake Griffin's pretty good. Joe Harris is pretty good. Bruce Brown has done a really solid job. So my buy price here is, is going to be, like, if we get to five, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in. So we're only sitting at four. There's one market at three right now. But if we get to five, I'm in on Brooklyn. And we got up to four and a half earlier mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And- and saw some buyback there. So, yeah, right now, sitting at four, we'll, we'll discuss the totals, too, of this series because it has been a under-series, and that is a understatement. It has been, if you've been betting unders in this series blindly, you've been a very happy person because they have been coming home with ease. Now, will that continue now that the total has dropped over 20 points since Game 1? We'll find out tomorrow night. But we'll discuss that. Nets and Bucks, a lot to get to, including where we stand, Utah and the Clippers. Also, Vegas and Montreal in the books after two periods. We'll get you an updated price on that game. Stick around. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.